0: Hello, how are you?
1: I'm good, how are you? Doing well. We haven't spoken in like five minutes.
0: I know, it seems like it's been a long time. <laughs> yeah, it does.
1: <laughs> five, five minutes forever. too long. <laughs> it's always too long. <laughs> oh my gosh, okay, well let's jump right in. Um, this is life's middle moments. My name is Brie, I'm 25,
0: and I'm the daughter half of this podcast. Hello, my name is Sheila, I'm 50 years old, and I am the mother half of this daughter-mother duo. (laughs) So today we um,
1: are actually going to be talking about some of our biggest losses, losing some really impactful, very special people in our lives, and also how that grief, um, has affected us as well. And, uh, we, we think it's really important that we just share that grief shows up really differently for everyone. And we also want to share some things that helped us get through these tough times. Yes. So without further ado, um, I'm going to share my story of losing a very, very special friend to me. And, I want to share some memories with her as well as the impact she's left on me. And before I get started, I have to share that (laughs) this might be a really rocky episode, as you can imagine, because both of us, even though it's been years and many years for you, um, like this is still a really hard thing to share. And there's no right words, I think, that we can put into this. Um, but I had been thinking about this a lot and how, like, I don't know, I just, there's no amount of rehearsal that could make this perfect, but I was getting some messages from the universe or from the spirit world, whatever you believe in, that, that, that I need to be doing this. So without getting into too many details, I feel comfortable. And however this goes, I'm just going to share what I feel like is on my heart. Mm -hmm. And please stop me if I am ever rambling too long, (laughs) trying to explain. (laughs) No,
0: No, I know this is definitely a hard subject and a hard thing for for so many of us to go through um, when you lose someone close to you. So um, I think it's gonna be good to open up and share a little bit and uh, we'll just help each other through this.
1: That sounds good. There might be some awkward pauses, so I know you'll fill in while I'm, you know, (laughs) recovering. (laughs) But, so, um, back in ninth grade of high school, I met this girl, Sophia, because she joined the high school cheer team, even though she was still a middle schooler. We, like, had a weird situation where we needed someone for our competition season, so she joined. And, You know, it's so cliche, but, you know, that's just the day kind of that everything changed for everyone on our team. She ended up being just like the most important person, I think, that any of us could have ever met on our team. And she just like, I don't even know. She came in literally like a breath of fresh air and just woke us all up. And we actually ended up winning state that year with her skills and, you know, the things that she brought to the team. And we also, I feel like every single person on the team became her best friend and she became their best friend. Like she just kind of had that way of making everybody feel like they were best friends with her and like this genuine loving friendship. Mm -hmm. And so we started hanging out a lot and we, um, the things that we had in common were that we both loved to get dressed up and take pictures. (laughs) And so we would always like get dressed up in these really Like, I mean, we definitely thought we were fashion models. We wanted to be models. And so we knew we weren't seeing anybody from school. So we would dress up in kind of, you know, quote unquote, ridiculous outfits. But they were like super high fashion to us. And we would drive around and like, you know, it was always a concert on the way there. And I would take us to just random towns. Like we'd go to little towns not far from our hometown. And we'd find the main street or like a cute building. And we'd just hop out and take tons of pictures of each other. And on our way back one day, I was like, wait, I know this field by another friend that lives here and there's hay bales. It would be so cute if we like got on these hay bales and took pictures. And she was like, oh my gosh, yes, let's do it. And She was always down for anything. And so we get to these hay bales and we're taking pictures and we're like, yes, fire. We look so good. And then I was like, wait, we need like action shots. Like this is not high fashion enough for us. And she was like, oh my gosh, yes. So we were doing pictures of us like jumping across the hay bales. But we realized that the pictures, like we couldn't time them right. So we're like, oh, let's just take videos. So we're taking videos of each other jumping. And on one video that she's taking of me, I jumped from one side of the hay bales, like across to the other and I'm in high heels, like high heel boots. (laughs) And of course I roll my ankle, like when I landed and I made this awful sound (laughs) when I went down and then she just starts laughing on the, like from behind the camera. And so we're laughing so hard. We're like almost peeing our pants. And we were like, okay, time to go. Like, this is a sign. (laughs) We don't need to be here. And she would not let that go. She thought that was so funny. She laughed the whole way home and was like, I am so glad you're okay. But that was the funniest thing I've seen in a long time. And I was just like, I'm so glad you can laugh at my pain. (laughs) And she like I drop her off whatever we go to school the next day and she is showing everyone this video because she thinks it's so funny and like <laughs> even if they didn't really think it was this funny they were just like haha okay it was her laughter that made it like her laughter was contagious so they were just laugh that she was laughing so much at it and you know she never was malicious or anything I felt nothing but love and I would laugh mm. with her she just like it was just genuinely funny to her and I know that everyone that was friends with her always laughed like like you know when you p- think about people and you just kind of picture their face or you hear something that they always say or do mm-hmm. for her it's laughing like I can just hear her laughter and I know that every, every friendship she had was just a great time <laughs> so yeah. much laughter probably getting in trouble at sleepovers you know because they're so loud <laughs> laughing so no
0: that was one of the things as a parent I love to have Sophia over and, uh, she, yeah, she was just, just so genuine. And, uh, and I was so excited too. You guys let me come on some of those photo shoots and take your pictures. <laughs> yes, <laughs> I loved it. I
1: know we had to have our actual photographer cause we were the real deal. Right. Right. <laughs> <laughs> we were so excited to have those headshots and be like, oh my gosh, look at us. Like, oh my gosh, that was so much fun. We also mm-hmm. used to get dressed up we always just got dressed up wherever we went like like we just never had enough opportunities to get dressed up and we would go to the mall and just walk around or walmart and we would always talk in british accents and like i don't even know why but hers was so good and i was like wait how is yours so good like you're believable and then there's me over here like the obvious phony and she would fool people. Like people would stop and be like, are you really British? And she was like, yes, love. And like would totally go with it. And I'm just like, I cannot keep a straight face. Like I'd have to hide my face. But, and actually through her, um, I ended up meeting another super, super good friend at Boston. I hope he's okay with me naming him. Um, they share a birthday and he was in her grade. Cause she was a grade below me. And Like we actually, I don't even know how it started, but the two of us started hanging out with him a lot too. So we would go bowling a lot or just go to Walmart and like, I don't know, get into shenanigans and drive around and Taco Bell, McDonald's and all these things. And um, especially since her passing, it's brought us even closer together. So Boston and I still hang out and talk monthly and, you know, we still share a lot of these stories too about Sophia. So she kind of was like this web connecting everyone together, you know, like five degrees of Kevin Bacon, but like five degrees of Sophia. (laughs) Right. Everyone around her just always felt like they were her friend and Mm -hmm. she was just welcoming to them. Um, But then, you know, I went off to college and she had plans to go off to college and finish. And so I went for my freshman year and when I came back that year or that summer, um an office job with my aunt and so during the summer she was still living there and she was doing like cheer camp stuff all around and so she was gone a lot but finally one day we were able to actually hang out for lunch and i was like girl i got my big girl job but come meet me for lunch like you know it's what office gals do and she was like oh my gosh okay yes and so we actually met at taco bell which was our favorite place um one day for lunch And she was asking me about college and telling me about how, like where she was going to go and how all of that was going to go for her. And it was the first time we'd seen each other in so long, but it just felt like no time had passed. Um, and so then, you know, we, I go back to work, whatever, she goes back home. And then it was about a month later that she, you know, was in her accident and.
0: (sighs) Yeah, that was a really hard time. Um, I think we were all, you know, that morning, um, you know, the, the word had gotten out that, um, that, you know, they were waiting for her to, to make it back to the house. And so, yeah, as word started uh, spreading and our town's so small, um, it, it didn't take long, um, mm-hmm. to get the word, uh, that we had lost her. So, yeah, yeah, that was a tough, that was a tough day, um tough day for the whole town, uh, you know, and I can't even imagine uh, the pain and in, in what her parents were going through at mm-hmm. the time and what they, you know, still to this day, um, you know, with, with missing her so much. So um, mm-hmm. I think that, you know, from their, from their perspective, I'm sure that it, it fills their heart to know what an impact she had on so many people Mm -hmm. And, and what a good friend she was and just, you know, a good genuine person and, um, that she, you know, even in her young life, she, uh, she lived so much. She, Mm -hmm. she built so many really strong, um, lifelong friendships that, um, in fact, I don't know if I mentioned it to you or not, but. Uh, Boston stopped by and visited with us a few days ago.
1: <laughs> so, oh, awesome. oh, my gosh. Yeah. I love that. <laughs> so, um,
0: uh-huh. yeah. Yeah, she's, she was definitely um, a connection with a lot of people. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I remember,
1: you know, going back to school my sophomore year was, like, um, just more eye-opening. You know, I just felt like.
0: Hold on. Yeah. Well, she, you know, I think that that's her, you know, her life was cut so short. She had so much um, opportunity in front of her. That's what, that's what really breaks our hearts more, you know? Yeah. When, when you lose someone young like that.
1: Yeah. I think it just kicked me into gear of realizing That opportunities don't, (laughs) oh my gosh, opportunities don't come to everyone. And so, you know, what you are given, you just have to be aware and like making those decisions to live them to the fullest and like, just like, it's so cliche, but just to not take anything for granted. And I- It totally changed my outlook on friendships and interactions in general, and also gave me, like, more of a direction. I Mm -hmm. kind of was like, I'm, like, I'm not thriving in college like I thought I would, and, but then I was like, I have this opportunity, though, and... Like, was she, what, oh my gosh. I'm probably going to just delete all of this out. This is like painful to listen to. (laughs) Mm -hmm.
0: (sighs) Okay. I'm sorry. Yeah, no, no, that's fine. No, just, yeah, just take, take a deep breath. I, I feel like what you want to share is people, it's a good message. Don't take life for granted. You know, don't the the you know, in in honor of someone who's no longer able to, that's what drives us sometimes. Yeah.
1: Absolutely. That is perfect. We're just gonna leave that. <laughs> <sighs> so I think well I'll just, I'll let you, I'll hand it over now, (laughs) (laughs) give myself. Well,
0: yeah, I know that was really hard for you to share and I appreciate you sharing it. And I, I know those closest to her appreciate you sharing that because um, that just means that, you know, this, this many years later, um, the person that, that you've lost is still carrying on through others. And that's always, that's always what we, um, what we want even to, you know, once we're gone from this world, we, we hope that we carry on through others. So, so I appreciate you sharing that. And I know that was really hard and, um, and you know, that just, um, I think that's part of what we're we've learned just in talking through some of this is that uh, grief is different with with each person with each loss because each each loss is a different relationship for that person Mm -hmm. um they're in a different place in their life um the the person they've lost is at a different age or the person that just lost someone is at a different age and so all of that uh, just just you know validates the fact that we all grieve differently and um and the span of time, although it may seem long, uh, such as for me, for the story that I'm going to share, um, about the loss of my dad, um, it's been almost 34 years, but I, uh, there are, there are uh, moments that it still is very fresh and raw. So, yeah. Um, so I will start. Um, I would like to share about, uh, Someone in my life that, um, as a child, I had a great set of parents. I really couldn't have asked for better. And a lot of it, um, you know, was just based on the fact that they had so much love for each other, and they had so much love for their kids and for their families, and uh, they just exuded that onto everyone else around them. So, my dad, he was um, a policeman for most of my life. And I know that um, people would ask him, you know, why he chose that as his profession or as a career. And he would always say it was a calling. So, for him, he felt like he was called to do that. And he did a great job. And that's one of the things that I think is great because, you know, he left a legacy that so many people to this day, this, this many years later, um, are still able to share. Um, you know, I went to, uh, I I went to junior high with a boy who, uh, my dad was the first person to ever pull him over. (laughs) And, uh, uh, so he had that story and, uh, then, you know, there's the people who said, um, he just, he just made everyone feel special and he just had a way of, uh, being able to um, you know to follow the um, the legal you know the legal side of of law enforcement but he he had a way of connecting with people that um, that made them uh, almost appreciate <laughs> that he had pulled them over or uh you know whatever it was so um yeah he just was really good at what he did um so for me um i guess when i think back to that time frame um in march of 1984 was the year that we lost my grandma that it was his mom and uh she had she had cancer and had passed away and that was the first time that i really started uh, seeing the sadness um that he that he had and um he just at that point you could tell he had lost someone very important in his life um so you know going through that and and seeing how he was processing the loss of his mom and, and seeing how hard it was um you know, at the time, um, you know, I was, uh, you know, between thirteen and sixteen years old during this time frame, and that's really what I, I thought it was mostly about. And so little did I know, uh, the summer of nineteen eighty six, he started, um, you know, developing different symptoms and went through multiple surgeries one of them being for gallstones. And at the time they didn't remove his gallbladder, just the stones. Um, But it was just one thing kind of led to another. And um, it was just, they just weren't finding exactly what was wrong. And that's about the time I started realizing that he, yes, had been grieving the loss of my grandma, but he also had, had been in a lot of pain himself and going through a lot of stuff. Um, so he went through, uh, the rest of that year, um, and he was in and out of surgeries. And, um, that following spring, um, he went into the hospital for the last time, but it was for the longest time because he was in the hospital for about three months. And so we would go down and see him and, um, you know, he had always been just, you know, so jovial and, um, you know, just high energy and um, laughing and strong and all of these things. And, um, and so it was so hard to see him, you know, in that situation and to be so sick and, um, you know, getting so thin and, and just um, seeing him lose his energy and everything else. It was really hard. Um, so about, um, I guess it was around the first part of March that, um, we got word that he was going to be coming home for the weekend. And I took that as such a great sign because I thought he must be better because he's coming home. And so he came home for the weekend and, um, we had a lot of family that came in and visited. And, um, I just thought it was a time of celebration because he was finally home and little did I know, uh, late that Sunday night, um, I woke up to, um, my mom letting me know that there was an ambulance there and they were rushing him back to the hospital and he wasn't doing well. So I went and spent some time up there on that Monday and, um, he was sitting up and seemed to be doing well and, and talking to us and everything. So um, my mom sent me to school on Tuesday. So I have a, an older sister and a younger brother. And my sister was already out of school. But my brother, they, they decided that he didn't want to go to school. He just wanted to stay there. So they let him stay there. But I just thought everything was good. And so that Tuesday morning, I headed off to school. Um, and I was sitting in class and I got a notification or an announcement came over for me to come to the office and I did, and my sister was there and she was telling me that I needed to get to the hospital because they were going to be taking my dad in for another surgery. So, um, I, you know, ran over to the other parking lot, which wasn't parked by her. And so I didn't know which direction she was going to the hospital But again, not a not a big town, Uh, but somehow we ended up going two different ways. I got to the hospital Um, when I got up there, they wouldn't let me in to see him because he was in ICU. And so I didn't see my sister or anyone around. So I went back downstairs and I was literally running around the hospital trying to figure out how I was going to get up there to see him. And finally, I, I, I'm running down this one hallway and I see my sister and she tells me that they've already taken him back for surgery. So she takes me back upstairs and we go into this family visitation area or waiting area. And uh, so I go in there and, and there's, you know, I have my uncles and aunts are there. My mom, my sister, brother, um, my, my grandpa's there. And, and we're all, you know, just sitting, sitting around waiting Uh, for him to come out of surgery. And, um, you know, it was, it was one of those times that you, um, you know, you're, you're praying for the best outcome, but again, you know, that, um, you can tell, you know, even, even as a teenager sensing the, the, um, the atmosphere in the room, I knew it was more serious than at the time I even realized, um, before that and so we were sitting there and a little bit later the doctor came in and and uh he let us know that he didn't make it through the surgery so immediately uh, of course within you know just feeling the immediate loss um I just had this rush of guilt I I started replaying you know the whole you know, the, the hours before that and running to the wrong place in the hospital. And why didn't I make it to the room? And, um, all of these things kept going through my head and, uh, that for me, you know, probably at the time and even years later made it harder than the loss itself, because I, I felt like I didn't get to say goodbye. When I said goodbye, I thought I would be back to see him the next day. You know, I, I thought I would just come back by after school and everything would be fine. So, um, so it was, it was, um, pretty devastating. Everyone, um, just of course with having, you know, different people with different relationships to him, they were all grieving in different ways. And, um, so it was, it was a hard time to get through. Um, I remember specifically that night, you know, going back home and, and my, my aunts and uncles and cousins were, were there. And I remember, um, you know, what had always been a fun, um, time of sleepovers with my cousins. Um, now it was a situation where they were fast asleep and I couldn't get to sleep. You know, I couldn't, I just, every time I would close my eyes, it was the reality would hit. And so that was really, really tough. Um, but I know one of the things that I wanted to make sure that I share, you know, through just, just through the loss. Um, and, and eventually we did find out that what he had was pancreatic cancer. And that's, um, that's the reason he was having, you know, all the different surgeries that he was. And at the time in the, in the mid eighties, um, the, the, you know, treatments just weren't there uh, to to even give him enough uh, time to to really uh, be able to understand exactly what was going on, uh, let alone any kind of a survival rate. So we found that out later. But um, but one of the things over the next you know few days of uh, lo- after losing him, uh, one of my cousins and um, um I'm going to go ahead and share her name. I hope she's okay with, with hearing it, um, my cousin Lydia came, came up to see us and she had lost her dad a few years before that. And when she lost her dad, it was a sudden loss in a, in a trucking accident and she had no time to prepare. Um, they had, they, they were just in shock and Lydia coming and spending that, that next few days with us was one of the biggest blessings that I had because there was someone that was pretty close to my age that had gone through something traumatic and that had lost her dad. And um, she was there as such a big um, shoulder to lean on and such a big help in the way of, uh, you know, just going to the funeral home. And I said, I don't want to go to the funeral home. And she said, then you don't have to go to the funeral home. You don't have to do anything you don't feel like you could do. And it was just someone there to help me feel less guilty. And she, you know, I I was, again, still dealing with uh, the feelings of guilt of not getting there in time. And she said, you know, she, she didn't get to say goodbye either. And, you know, when her dad passed, And it was something that we were able to, um, to really, you know, help each other process and, and move forward from, and uh, I tell you to this day, in fact, I I just saw her this past year and I I was, I I told her again, you know, what a, what a blessing she was to me at that time. And she said, really, I, I I wouldn't have known. And, and that's what I think, you know, I take from that, that. I need to make sure I'm telling people more often when they are, when, when they're making an impact in my life. (laughs) And, uh, so she was, she was a huge help. And then over the course of the, of the next days, um, just having my friends nearby and right there for me and, um, you know, family members. And of course, um, you know, you and I've talked about this and one of the things that make, really tough when you're outside of the loss of this of someone is knowing what to say or do like how do you mm-hmm. how do you make that person feel better or what do you say i mean it's awkward you know and it's um whether you whether you you know if it's a, a loss to you too just at a different level so i think that was one of the things um and maybe you know as teenagers uh, me and my friends didn't really know, I guess, the awkwardness yet, and so we were just there for each other, and sometimes that meant we just didn't talk at all, yeah. uh, but we were just there, mm-hmm. you know, um, and then, you know, I think that through, you know, throughout the, you know, over the course of, of the following, you know, almost 34 years, and losing people from that time, you know, up through this time, um, it, it, they're still, you know, there's still those times that it, I'm not even losing someone. And, you know, I, I'm definitely not an expert on what to say or do um, because every situation is so different. But, um, but you know, I just, I guess one of the things that I just wanted to make sure that, that I did share about him, um, you know, it's kind of like you said, I, I want to make sure I, I heard, and this was years later, and I wish I'd heard it then but years later i heard you know just keep saying the person's name keep sharing stories about them uh so years years later i i wrote a little short story about my dad and uh it actually ended up getting published at the community college where i was taking a course and i'd never been more proud <laughs> of something but it felt so good to share you know that story of him And, um, you know, so, so as a kid, um, and growing up, so some of the things that stand out with him that I remember so much is, um, I remember watching him get ready for work and he worked for multiple different police agencies, but the uniforms were all pretty similar. And, you know, back then it was, uh, you know, shiny black boots and, uh, um, you know, a shiny badge and, um the big, huge um, uh, belt that, you know, he carried his gun and handcuffs. And even back then he carried a nightstick and all of the things that uh, I can still vividly remember him just, just putting everything on, you know, like just, just shining it all up and getting it ready. And then, you know, walking out into the living room and seeing it, the whole uniform together. And just, I just, it's one of those things that, he always, um, he just, the way he carried himself and, you know, his values and his morals and, and his, uh, his faith and, um, just the way that, you know, he presented himself. It was always something that I, you know, as, as small as I can remember, it was just being so proud of, of him and everything he did and just always being, so in awe of what he had to say, because I knew it would be just, um, you know, prolific. <laughs> I knew that it would just be life-changing, whatever he was going to yes. say to me, um, whether it was make sure that I do the laundry <laughs> while, while he's gone or whatever. I just, you know, it was always something that he just, um, you know, he just always had a way of, of speaking. And, you know, one of the things Uh, Another memory that I will always have with me, I was, um, I was uh, probably early teenage and I was babysitting uh, this little baby and I was, I I had, I could not, I could not get her to go to sleep. She was just crying and I didn't know what to do. And he was getting ready for work and uh, he decided, you know, to, to put that off a few minutes and he came in there and, and he, he said, look, let me hold her for just a minute. And I said, okay, okay. (laughs) And uh, he picked her up and he just kind of started walking around, kind of bouncing her on his shoulder a little bit. And he started singing to her. And I just, again, was like, he's like the baby whisperer. (laughs) (laughs) Like, how did he just do that? And within, I mean, minutes, she was out and I was able to, you know, take her back, and put her down, and everything, and I just remember that about him, and thinking, like, man, he would have loved my kids, he would have loved my grandkids, and, you know, what a, what a great, you know, what a great thing that would have been for him, so, so many things that I know he would have loved, that he, he didn't get to experience, Um, you know, he was just 42 when he died, and, um, he was way too young, yeah. you know, he, he missed, he missed a lot of life. Mm-hmm. So, um, so I have some great memories and I think that that's part of it. That contagious laughter, like you mentioned with Sophia uh, was another thing that we had um, that I think will always be with us for him. You know, you can't look at a picture without just thinking about <laughs> how much uh, his laughter just bellowed out. Yeah. Just, it, it got us all you
1: know yeah that was really awesome to hear and especially since I've you know haven't been able to meet him it's fun to live through your memories and your stories with him and kind of paint my own pictures in my head of what that looked like and sounded like so
0: Mm -hmm. yeah,
1: I'm glad you shared those that was good
0: yeah I think that's what we just have to continue to do you know for for each other and for all of our family and friends. We all just, you know, we've had so many, you know, so many deep losses and we just need to keep those memories alive and then, you know, everyone's here for a reason and we may not know what it is the whole time we're living, but mm-hmm. uh, it may not be found until we're past. But I, I think that, you know, there's a, there's a lot to that, a lot to be said about that. Yeah. And yeah, you know they were definitely they were definitely people that you know didn't get to experience um a a, a long life but just the impact that they made on people in that short time frame yeah. that's that's huge
1: yeah definitely and i know after losing sophie i was it like so aware of my impact on others and I just was thinking, you know, Mm -hmm. she didn't have a single enemy. Everybody felt so Mm -hmm. close to her. Every, I mean, her funeral was pouring out the doors because everyone just Mm -hmm. felt that loved by her and felt, you know, the best connection with her. And so, you know, that really had me thinking about my life purpose and who I'm interacting with and how I'm treating other people. And... It is fun to share memories, but it can be awkward, like you mentioned, with others, mm-hmm. you know, and especially I feel like if you're more removed from the loss, you're not immediate family. It's almost like you don't feel like you have a place to to grieve as heavily, but um, mm-hmm. I, I feel like I was really lucky. My roommate at the time when I had gone back was such an angel, and she didn't know Sophia, but she was from like a close town. And so she knew of her and obviously we were friends. And so she knew of the loss and everything. And she could tell I was kind of struggling because I got super uncomfortable because I was trying to process and share, but I didn't know how. And I didn't know how much, you know, like it was just such an, a little bit of an uncomfortable yeah. situation. And she was just like, can you tell me about her? I didn't know her and I would love to know what she was like. And I was like, yes. And so then instead of feeling this deep pain, I got to share pictures and videos of her and all kinds of stories that I would never have enough time to tell. And she sat with me for I don't even know how long and just listened and laughed and smiled. And to me, that was Mm -hmm. the best release and the best way I could process it, especially with somebody who wasn't there or, you know, not my family. Mm -hmm. So I think about that, too, with... Mm -hmm friends or anyone else who's going through grief. And I just try to make sure that I'm respectful, that grief looks so different and it can come in any form at any time. So I think just asking for memories of them is such a great way to honor that person. And it makes, you know, it fills the other person up with those happy memories and Mm -hmm. yeah, makes it so much better.
0: Yeah, definitely. Just keep celebrating their life. And, you know, I think too, you kind of touched on, on this, that it really doesn't matter how many years it's been, or, you know, if it's been days or months or years, but just knowing that, um, you, you, you don't lose someone who's had that much of an impact in your life without grieving for them forever. I mean, you do. And the thing is, um, because there, you know, there's always that missing hole Mm -hmm. and, you know, that, and it's something that sometimes, um, you know, you, you get, you get angry about it because they're missing something or they, they, you know, you feel like they got cheated and why aren't they here? Why can't they experience this or why can't they see this? And I want them to be here. You know, we go through the, even the the selfishness of I want them here for me, mm-hmm. you know, to see this or to do this with me. And, and then there are times that we never even know or realize uh, when it's going to hit us. And, you know, it can just be some random middle of the afternoon driving somewhere and uh, a song comes on the radio or or you see a post that somebody else put up or um or someone someone else just lost someone and and you're kind of right back there in the moment and then of course we always have you know the the annual um day of their passing and all of us process and and um and work through that differently. And I think that's one thing to remember too, and to always keep in mind that we are, we might all be grieving the same person, but we might be um, processing it and um, working through it in a different way from the other. And I think that it's don't be angry if somebody else is processing it differently than you. Mm -hmm. We're, We're all, because we're, we all have different, relationships with with that person and um we we might all be um we all have our own experience of that day yeah with that person so uh i think it's um that can be the hardest sometimes is when do you reach out if you reach out are you Are you, um, were they in a happy place? And then you reached out and now they're in a sad place because you reached out, but you don't want them to think you didn't remember them or remember that it was the day and, um, or you're you're going through your own uh, emotions and thoughts because it is the day. And it's like, how do you, you know, how do you work through that? And I guess one of the things that I always try to keep in mind is um, that they are most likely sad and missing that person on that day. It's really, you just need to communicate and figure out what's the best, um, what's the best thing for them. Um, do they want to spend that day, um, bringing out old pictures and videotapes and songs and, and celebrating their life and remembering them, or do they want to take that day and try not to put them into their thoughts for right. the day? Um, because everybody does it differently. So um, there's no right and wrong. There's yeah. definitely no right and wrong to any of it. And, uh, you know, that's what uh, I've mentioned this before that losing my dad was, um, it was horrific for me. It was, it was, um you know, one of the hardest things by far that I've ever gone through in my life, but I have to step back sometimes and realize that as hard as it was for me, what was the impact on my mom Mm -hmm. at 39 years old, you know, losing her husband and now being in this world by herself, raising three kids, you know, um, she's processing it and going through something totally different. She just lost her husband and Mine is different because I lost my dad. Neither is any less than the other for that person right. because that, you know, it's the relationship that they had with that person. Um, you know, just as you were saying with losing one of your best friends, that's, that's now there's an emptiness that that person filled for you and you're always going to feel that. And you just have to figure out the best way for you to process it and um, to work through your grief and um, celebrate Sophie's life and, and her friendship that, that you were able to have with her. And, um, you know, like you said, go through and, um, and do things in her honor and in her memory and I think, you know, to a degree, that's what I've chosen to do as far as, you know, with my dad is move forward, do things that I think he would do. Um, I, you know, like I've mentioned <laughs> several times, but I, I do feel like I had, I had great parents and I feel like they were great role models for parenting. Mm-hmm. And did it mean that they never made mistakes? No. And do I, as a parent, have I made mistakes? Yes but I always try to keep them as my focus. Mm -hmm. And if there's nothing that I, that I do when I lay down at night, the, the most I want is to think that if, if my dad were here and able to see me, or if he can still see me through the spiritual world, um, was he proud of me Mm -hmm. today? And that's what I try to do.
1: Yeah. I know. I, I thought about that a lot going back to school after and I, you know, like I kind of mentioned, I just didn't want to miss any opportunities. And so I would shy away from things. And then I would think, uh, you know, I would just picture Sophia's big confidence and she would have done it. And I was like, you know what? I can do it. And she always did tell me like, oh my gosh, yes, you can. Like she was always building up everybody's confidence. And so I'd be like, you know what? I can. Like, I, I, like, she lived such a full life. I could be just as full, you know, if I was taking those opportunities and living it out like she was. And, and I, I really do think that that's why like my whole time at school changed around after freshman year and I found my place and I found my people and, you know, I don't, I just don't know that that would have ever happened without that or without, you know, Mm -hmm. thinking about her.
0: Yeah, they say, you know, sometimes it takes loss before you have a gain. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I, I think that, you know, not only does that go along with with things in life, but I think it goes along with people. And I think it's through their loss um, that sometimes we start to get that feeling of confidence about us to to do things. And I think we, you know, we do feel the realization. Um, we know a lot of people or several people, um, that, that might not have ever lost anyone close to them in their life, but because we have, it gives us a different perspective. We know how fragile our life can be. We, we know how short our time can be and we fill it up with a lot, you know, with a lot more, then we might do so had we not had that loss in our lives. Um, And I know one of the things that when I was a kid, I remember my dad, he would write stories and he, he sent a couple of them in. He was, he was trying to get, you know, published and um, he had his big topic typically was baseball. He loved to write about baseball and, and he wrote so good. And, Uh, He had this briefcase full of stories that he had written, and unfortunately, he didn't live long enough to get anything published. So, you know, when when I talk about, like, the little short story that I did that got published at the community college, that makes me proud, and it makes me feel like I've um, taken something that he passed down to me, which is the love of writing, and um, been able to do something with it, and, and feeling like... He would have wanted to do something like that, so I think that's it. Is when we have those um, those things in common, and or even sometimes when we lose someone, we we start to um, really take a look at what things they did enjoy doing, and sometimes that creates a whole new thing that we enjoy ourselves that maybe we wouldn't have before,
1: yeah.
0: you know, or, or maybe we just, were are a little bit braver or we, we take chances more often, or we take those leaps of faith that maybe we wouldn't have otherwise done. Yeah, yeah definitely. Yeah. Well, I think, you know, it's always, it's always a hard topic to talk about. Um, you know, we, <laughs> this has definitely been, um, you know, something that's a lot, even, even over 30 years worth of, um, sharing memories and stories of my dad and, and, you know, missing him that long, it's still hard to even open up and share. Um, but again, as, you know, as we've said before, I'm hopeful that something that I've shared is something that'll be relatable to someone or, um, They'll be able to um, maybe better understand something that they take from what I've shared or uh, maybe it's something that will help them with what they're going through right now or something that they've gone through in the past. Um, Yeah. So I think sometimes it helps to talk about it, but this was a tough one. So I think I think we tackled a tough one. So I'm really proud of us. <laughs> yes, <this. laughs> there's
1: so much I wish I could have said, so much I wish I could have shared or shared in a better way, but I just don't think that's doable right now. So maybe <laughs> I can revisit <laughs> this later and, I don't know, share more things that are on my mind about it. But I am really, really happy that you were able to share so much. And I really do think um, it's going to help someone else. It's definitely helping me in this moment. And you've helped me in the past when we've talked about this. So, um, yeah, I'm just happy you're here.
0: Happy to have you.
1: Yes,
0: I'm so happy to be here, too. (laughs) And I do, it does make me so much more appreciative of every day Mm -hmm. that I have and every challenge I've faced. Um, You know, I know, I think the great thing about the podcast that we've started is that we're going to be able to, you know, really dig into some other topics and some other things that we both experienced throughout our lives. And I think a lot of this is going to tie back together. And for me, it really has been, um, you know, losing my dad and recognizing that that put me on a different path. It was very different the day after I lost my dad than it was the day before. Mm -hmm. So um, realizing that there is um, a vital person that's, that's no longer there. And, and then taking that and figuring out what I was going to do with my life. And, and I, you know, I was uh, floundering around for, for a while, but, um, uh, you know, found my path mm-hmm. and, um, along the way I've, I've done some great things and I've, um, I've made some mistakes and I've, um, I've found some wonderful people along the way, and I've survived some things that I didn't think I had the strength to survive. And, um, I've had a beautiful family. I have beautiful children that I'm so proud of today. Um, I couldn't be more proud of you and your brother and what you guys have accomplished and done in your lives. Um, and I just, you know, continue to thrive and I've, you know, got a wonderful partner in your dad and I feel like I'm, you know if it's taken me if it's taken me 34 <laughs> plus years you know to get here past uh something that was so hard to endure in the moment um i feel like um if he's looking down on me today i think my dad would be pretty proud yeah, so i totally agree feeling pretty good
1: oh <sighs> yes i totally agree well, i think that was a great way to end on such a positive note um And until our next conversation where we can share a little bit more.
0: Yes. I'm looking forward to the next time that we are able to talk and uh, some of the things that we're able to share with others again. And I can't wait until, until we get back together. Yes.
1: Me either. I will talk to you later.
0: All right. Talk to you soon. Love Love you you guys.
1: Bye. 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 Okay. I'm gonna call you on the phone. Okay.